Welcome to Mayo Clinic's ECG segment, Making Waves, continuing medical education podcast. Join us every other week for a lively discussion on the latest and greatest in the field of electrocardiography. We'll discuss some of the exciting and innovative work happening at Mayo Clinic and beyond with the most brilliant minds in the space and provide valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice. Welcome to Mayo Clinic's ECG segment, Making Waves. We're so glad you could join us. Today we have an exciting episode planned for you as we look at the personalized computational heart models used to predict sudden death in patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. We have a budding expert here with us uh, that will help us better understand this topic. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is a disease state characterized by unexplained left ventricular hypertrophy associated with non-dilated ventricular chambers in the absence of another cardiac or systemic disease that could produce such findings. It is reported to affect between 1 in 200 to 1 in 500 people in the general population, and it is considered the leading cause of sudden cardiac death in athletes. The condition is thought to be underdiagnosed, leaving many at risk. Therefore, timely diagnosis and proper risk stratification of these patients and even their family members is important. In this episode, we will look at hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in further detail, as well as how personalized computational heart models can be used to improve risk stratification of these patients. We're fortunate to have Ryan O'Hara here with us today to help us tackle this important topic. Ryan is a PhD candidate in biomedical engineering at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. At Johns Hopkins, he is a senior member of the Computational Cardiology Lab led by Professor Natalia Trayanova, as well as an instructor for the Applied Biomedical Engineering Program. Ryan's research focuses on the electrophysiology of both ischemic and non-ischemic cardiomyopathies. His developed methodologies with personalized virtual heart technology have led to new improvements for predicting cardiac arrest and ventricular catheter ablation therapy. Ryan, what an honor to have you join us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Well, you know, I, I thought that we'd start at the really the basics for our audience and maybe helping us better understand what is HCM or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and how does it actually affect the heart? So you uh, gave a very good description uh, in your introduction. Um, so the disease, it is characterized by um, ventricular wall thickening that is uh, caused by genetic disorder. And a lot of patients don't uh, realize they have the uh, disease until they have a cardiac event. Um, now, for patients that are fortunate that are aware of their familial history, they can be diagnosed early on in life. Like along with the hypertrophy that occurs in the heart, um, there's a lot of restructuring or, or remodeling uh, that occurs uh, in the myocardium. So cellular hypertrophy, microischemia, and progressive diffuse myocardial remodeling, uh, which I'll get into a lot more, can lead to ventricular arrhythmias and um, in the worst cases cause sudden cardiac death. And so it seems like, you know, the biggest risk and why this is so important is, you know, what you mentioned at the end, those ventricular arrhythmias and, and the risk of sudden cardiac death. The first presentation is this cardiac event. Is that what you're saying? Uh, to some extent, yes. I mean, for a lot of patients, uh, they may not understand that they have um, the disease, it's evident uh, if you see uh, news articles about an athlete that collapses suddenly on the field, uh, there's been a few uh, cases of that uh, in professional sports even. 
Mm-hmm. And so when we, you know, look at this disease state, how is sudden cardiac death risk clinically stratified? And then once, you know, we stratify them, what does the typical treatment look like? So there are two uh, major uh, organizations that have put forth guidelines to stratify sudden cardiac death risk in the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy population, the American Heart Association, as well as the European Society of Cardiology. And they base their guidelines on large population studies that take into account factors such as age, sex, familial history, uh, atrial fibrillation, as well as maybe the presence of uh, MRI enhancement, so enhancement on a medical uh, image. However, the main root of ventricular arrhythmias in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is this uh, diffuse fibrotic remodeling that causes the electrophysiology of the heart to go into disarray and causing these ventricular arrhythmias. Um, So recently, actually, at the European uh, Society of Cardiology Congress this year, they did announce that they're going to incorporate fibrotic remodeling into their guidelines, although it's binary, so it's the presence of one or the other, which is good. Um, And I will get into more information as uh, we progress our conversation. Um, But to treat patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, there are two typical treatments. One would be a heart transplant for patients at a full stage of the disease where the heart um, is consistently in a state of arrhythmia or the heart is so thick that it cannot efficiently pump blood. Um, the, uh, the standard treatment for most patients with HCM would be implantation of an ICD or an implantable cardioverter defibrillator that can deliver a shock when it senses a patient's heart is experiencing a, um, abnormal heart rate, abnormal heart rate or an arrhythmia. Really fascinating, and I, I know we don't have the time to get into all, all the different variants of it and, you know, how that treatment lo- might look different. You know, what I think is most fascinating is kind of where I consider you the expert apart from the disease state, but it's this computational heart or this virtual heart, you call it. You know, what exactly is that? And then how can that actually be translated and used clinically for us? So the virtual heart is uh, essentially a digital twin. It's a replica of the patient's heart, but using a computer. Um, So in order to create this digital twin virtual heart, uh, we use uh, clinical gadolinium enhanced MRI. So it's a contrast enhanced MRI scan that um, shows differences between the healthy tissue of the heart as well as the diseased or fibrotic tissue of the heart. So using a clinical image of the heart, we can basically segment the geometry of a certain patient's heart and reconstruct a finite element model, which can contain information about the fibrosis of the patient. And we have uh, developed methods to create cell models that can replicate the action potential dynamics um, of the disease. So once we have this 3D model of the heart, we're able to simulate rapid pacing as they may in the clinic to uh, induce or see if we can induce uh, ventricular arrhythmia Uh, that can lead to sudden cardiac death. So if we're uh, within these models, we pace from multiple locations to try figure out if the patient's heart has the fibrotic remodeling that is conducive to ventricular arrhythmia. And if our simulations are able to induce arrhythmia, we may identify these patients at risk. Um, Similarly, maybe in the ischemic population, uh, we do the same thing, but um, we are also looking to find ablation targets um, as like another uh, use for these models. So what we've done in most recent study, we took a cohort of patients in a retrospective study, I should say, uh, and we reconstructed uh, these virtual heart models 
And we were able to better predict uh, the risk of sudden, cardi sudden cardiac death uh, than the guidelines set forth by both the AHA and the ESC. That's quite fascinating. And, you know, given how important it is, and, you know, we mentioned how many are undiagnosed or, you know, when it presents and then family members. So you're using a heart that is almost a mimic, a virtual mimic of the patient's heart, but you're doing the testing virtually, right? Is that correct, how that yes. works? Okay. Yes. Now, what benefit, and I think you maybe alluded to this, do these virtual hearts, when they're reconstructed with this T1 imaging, add to improve our risk stratification in these patients? So we uh, introduced uh, post-contrast T1 imaging or T1 mapping to build these virtual heart models because they provide more information than a standard LG MRI. This is contrast-enhanced MRI. Um, so in LG MRI, the uh, contrast agent is visible within the regions of focal scar, but it's not great at identifying regions of diffuse fibrosis. So there's no like no threshold that currently exists in the literature for a for a threshold for diffuse fibrosis, which is the hallmark of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Whereas in T1 imaging, it's a quantitative measure. It's a quantitative image, so we can say based on the relaxation time or the um, the pixel intensity of the T1 image which regions of the heart are healthy, which regions of the heart are unhealthy, and which regions are somewhere in between. So we can take this T1 map. Uh, they're usually harder to acquire clinically, uh, so we only obtain one or two per patient. And we can use this information to modify the thresholds of our LGE MRI image uh, to create a personalized threshold for the fibrotic remodeling in a patient's hypertrophied ventricle, which is then subjected to our virtual rapid pacing, and we can detect whether or not the patient is um, susceptible to arrhythmia and as well as sudden cardiac death. Now, this is all non-invasive work you're doing too, right? Correct, correct. So uh, for a lot of patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, as long as the disease is identified or even suspected, patients will follow up with their clinicians every few years, five years, 10 years, depending on the severity of their disease. And part of this routine, uh, at least at Johns Hopkins, part of this routine care uh, involves obtaining uh, these MRI images. And from these MRI images, we're able to uh, do our entire workup computationally without any further additional inter patient intervention. It's so neat. It's really amazing what you're doing. Now, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is an important yet underdiagnosed disease state that puts patients at risk of sudden cardiac death. It is exciting to see how personalized heart technology can improve the identification of patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy at risk of ventricular arrhythmias and its potential to prevent sudden cardiac death. Ryan, I've learned a lot from our discussion, this one here, but even our previous ones. It, it, thank you so much for joining. It's really exciting to see you know, the work you're doing, your colleagues in your lab are doing to address this important topic. Uh, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions about the podcast at cveducation.mayo.edu. Be sure to subscribe to a Mayo Clinic cardiovascular CME podcast on your favorite platform and tune in every other week to explore today's most pressing electrocardiography topics with your colleagues at Mayo Clinic. This has been a Mayo Clinic podcast.